away we go then. Iran all in white. Three-time winners of the Asian Cup. Well, half a chance for, for a month. It must be a penalty. That is going to be a penalty inside a minute. Straight ball over the top. Misjudged, just flighted straight ball over the top. Al Hussaini got a little bit lazy. Defenders has to be careful, and he wasn't careful, and he's been punished. It's a really soft goal from Oman's point of view. The Jagger, 2-0. Ball is your light from the Iranian captain. It's really, really good defending, but that's a cool penalty. Sits the goalkeeper down, a little bit of lift, straight down the middle. Was come all the way through. What a chance for Asmoon. So there he is again, and that's a terrific ball. This could settle it. What a good save. Just pops into a little pocket. Nobody wants to go and engage him and drifts the ball over the top. Great strike, better save. Well, Asmoon's on the charge again here. Taremi's in the middle. Taremi, excellent goalkeeping. Asmoon again, that sums up his night. Well, stoppage time, and that's all we're going to play. So Iran will go through the quarterfinals. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of Bulldozan, our 105th uh, you know, episode, which is unreal. Uh, doing this in the past now, let's say. We started in 2014, now it's 2019. These past five years is absolutely incredible. Um, I'm Pasha Hajun. I'll be your host today. It's been a long time since I've been on the pod. I'm joined by Paul Bacagoldriz and Tinay Tamion, two regular uh, panelists and directors of the episode. And it's an absolute honor for us to also have another special guest, Tinay Tadrazadeh, um, at Iran Futi, if I'm not missing Tina, how are you doing and where are you calling from? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm from uh, Bristol in, in the UK. Okay, awesome. So you're in the same local area such as Tina is. So guys, I uh, appreciate you guys all uh, taking the time. So today we want to obviously talk about our win against Oman. The last time we passed the knockout stages was back in 2004, which is a quite long time, especially always knowing that Iran has always been a giant in Asian football. So Bobak, uh, talking about you, obviously we want to do a little bit of analysis of Oman match. What did you think about Kairos' initial lineup before anything else? Yeah, I thought the lineup was decent. Uh, Mohammadi coming in partly probably because Ehsan Hajsafi is on a booking and just to keep him available for probably a more difficult tie in the next round. Other than that, overall, I was a little bit surprised with Jahanbach starting, although if you're going to give him another start, then this would be the game rather than throwing him in from the start in a later stage when he still needs more minutes under his belt. So I thought they were both calculated uh, changes in that respect from Carlos. I would say that in defense, Majid Hosseini coming in was probably a 50-50 from my side. And then I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit later. His selection going on into this tournament might be in question too. Sina, initially before um, you know the match started, I had predicted that possibly Tarmi won't be starting, despite the fact that we all could have obviously predicted that he was going to start. But I just realized that because he was on a yellow card, especially we would be playing, you know, the winner of China, our, um, and I believe it was Thailand was China. For the folks that are listening, they advanced, so that's Iran who's going to play in the next round. Is that with a high distance and because of set pieces, that Carlos Cage possibly was not going to start him. Were you satisfied with Tarami's performance today, especially that he didn't have the striking boots on? Well, I think, uh, I mean, for me personally, I, I don't think there was any question whether Tarami was going to start or not. I think 
before we start thinking about the China game, it was always important to get the win against Oman in the first place uh, to put ourselves, of course, today in the quarter-final. And um, I don't have uh, a lot to complain about in, in regards to his starting position. But his his performance, I mean, when you talk about Tuaremi and, and, and uh, particular people who, who watch the um, Iranian local league, uh, they know that he finishes top goal scorer uh, two seasons in a row, but I would say finishing is not his strongest point. And, and of course, we've seen that um, in the past few years, but in particular in this game. Um, but the good thing about Tarim is he, he he has really good movement. When we are in position, in possession, he finds himself in in, in uh, good spaces, and and he's always there when when the ball is dropped in the box. And and not every strike can say that they can do that. I think he's just one of those talents that he has. He doesn't have the composure, as we've seen. His, his finishing um, isn't up to the standard that it should be. But nonetheless, he's, he's always been dangerous. And also, when you when you uh, think about Tarimi and the role that he has, I think off the ball, he provides uh, a lot of cover, a lot of um, yards, uh, pressing defenders, pressing midfielders. And that's something we've, we've talked about for so long since he's come into the team, that he... He uh, defensively, he's been great. He, he helps out his fullbacks and his midfielders. And I know that he, he didn't uh, score the goals that he should have today, but uh, I don't think there's any question whether he will be starting in the next next game or even further. And Iran Futi, um, you could comment on anything the guy said, but the question that I have for you is that as we've seen uh, throughout this Asian Cup, the partnership of the centre-back pairing between Mortis and Majid Hosseini has been changed against Kanani. And surprisingly, Majid Hosseini has been one of, I would say, our informed players playing overseas. And what's interesting to me is that he's, for me at least, I would say that he's had not the best of tournaments. He's actually been a liability at the back. What did you make out of his performance today? And especially that, that penalty that, you know, that he committed that could have potentially, could have considered, could have changed the dynamic of this whole entire match. And possibly could have not even advanced. Thanks to Bayram and Safe. Um, what do you think about... Um, this pen, uh, pairing between Mortezan and Najid Hosseini specifically. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you. Hosseini, obviously, he's, he's, a, he's a young player. He's one, he's one for the future for sure. But he's been a big liability this tournament. And ever since the the lunging tackle he did in the on the Yemeni player in the first game, should have definitely been a red card that one. And then today in the first minute, gave away a very Soft penalty, I think he, he could have read the situation a lot better. Um, and, you know, that could have definitely changed the dynamic of the whole game. But, um, yeah, he's, he's definitely one for the future. I think, I think Carlos realizes that, um, by starting him so much. Um, but also looking at the alternatives, there aren't really that many alternatives he could put there. He's probably the best one, I would say. Um, Roosevelt Cheshmi, I'm not totally convinced by him. I think the partnership right now um, is probably the best that we have. Babak, uh, coming back to you, what do you think about Madrid Hosseini's performance today and our dear friend of also the show, Arya Alaver, do you believe that it was more issue at fault was more to the poor Ali Genji than Madrid Hosseini, that which led to that uh, uh, foul, but um, what are your thoughts about Madrid Hosseini? Uh, I, I, I... I looked at that comment and I would say, yeah, maybe Morteza uh, misjudged the ball, but then Majid Hosseini wasn't on his toes. And once the forward gets behind you, you don't make such attack. You don't even get into that position to risk the player clipping his uh, heels against yours and giving away penalties. So like Iran Futi said, I think he's been a liability from the beginning of the tournament since that tackle, which was very, very dangerous. And today, again, he was very nervous. Um, the penalty, of course, we were saved, but that was a yellow in another era. It could have been a red. And then later in the game, he made another mistake, which gave away a foul towards our left side. But then he didn't get a card for that. It could have easily been a second yellow and a red card. So if I was Kirosh right now, I would be thinking very hard about whether I would start with Hosseini in the quarterfinals or not. But the problem here is the alternatives are not really banging on the door. Ruzbe Cheshmi has been used mostly in midfield throughout this tournament. And then you have Kanani. Okay, he was not so bad in the game against Vietnam. But uh, it would be a quite a gutsy decision from Kairos to drop Hosseini, especially knowing that Morteza Puladi Ganji hasn't been 
too much better. He's probably not made any of those critical mistakes, but uh, even even he has been a bit, uh, I would say, subpar. Overall, I would say one thing is that these defenders have been used to a far more, let's say, protected line in midfield when they play uh, together for Iran, but uh, our tactics and our approach has been a little bit more expansive during this tournament, and this has left them quite exposed, especially to the long ball that's coming across diagonally or uh, from the centre-backs of the opponents. Sina, I know you spoke about Omide Ibrahimi on Twitter. I'm going to let you obviously elaborate on why you thought he was our worst, uh, you know, performer of a play in the first half. But what do you think about Majid Osen, especially keeping the fact that, that he's always been calm and composed even for his club now. A lot of Turkish fans of his, you know, respected club that he's playing for are huge fans of him. I mean, I was a huge fan of him when, you know, Carlos Kader made the big decision of dropping Jalal Hosseini for him. And his introduction has been, you know, in this past couple of games, I would say, has been abysmal, to be honest, uh, especially knowing that, you know, he's still a young center back. He has a lot of room for improvement. But could you allude to, you know, the Omid Ibrahimi situation and how that led you think that potentially led to Majid Hosseini's uh, downfall in this in this match? I think, firstly, uh, discussing the penalty, I think forgetting how the ball ended up there in the first place. So if we put that aside... I think the challenge mm-hmm. itself was really foolish and and, and um, uh, I think it, it, inexperienced, to say the least. It, I mean, I told you earlier, Pasha, it, it really reminded me of, of the FA Cup final and the Phil Jones tackle on, on Hazard uh, in the penalty, a needless foul, which gave away the penalty to Chelsea and then Chelsea ended up winning the game. Um, and it, this really reminded me of that as well. But I think as a whole, the point that I was making about Ebrahimi, and again, I think having had time uh, to uh, think about the game as a whole in the first half, uh, and comparing it to the second half as well, I think in the first half we were pushing men, a lot of men forward to press early, to win the ball early, and the fullbacks were really high and, and wide. Um, Ptolemy was almost playing uh, as a second striker next to, um, uh, next to Osmond. And also this meant that Ebrahimi had to push further forward, which meant that as soon as the long ball came, it was constantly Pureli Ganji and Hosseini uh, with their striker, which, going back to what Bob said, and I completely agree with him, these are not the tactics that this team is used to, which I think is, is a bit of a credit maybe to, to Kairos in terms of he was willing to gamble and he was willing to, to risk uh, to by pushing men forward and, and, and risking that and, and they almost uh, of course it cost us with the penalty but um, I think in the second half we were a lot more uh, deeper the midfield was a lot more disciplined and uh, I think Ebrahim in the second half his performance improved as well because he no longer had to press out of position and and uh, find himself in what I'd call no man's land. I think he, he held his position well. He kept sweeping up balls that would come in from deep in front of the in front of the defense. And I think that was something we didn't have in the first half. So I would say altogether that the Kairos and his tactics kind of uh, exposed the defense and, and and made Ebrahim, in my opinion, look a bit bad as well because it's Ebrahim's job to give that protection to defense. But again, when you look at the bigger picture and how we were playing the first half. I think uh, that that made Ebrahim look bad and the defence as well. And again, second half, I thought the defence improved massively. I know, again, Hosseini made the mistake that um, uh, Bobak alluded to earlier, the foul on the left-hand side. But putting that aside, I think Pureli and Gian Hosseini had a, a much better performance in the second half. Again, because they, uh, they were playing in tactics and situations that they've been used to for so long in Timeli on the, on the K-Rush. Mm-hmm. Sina from Iran Futi, and just adding on to what Sina Saimin just uh, mentioned, do you think that it potentially with the crucial role that Omid Ibrahimi played for us in the World Cup and how big of a player he was in that tournament, do you potentially think it's fatigue? Because we got to also keep in mind he's 31 years old. You know, Saeed Zatole, as we've just seen, he's been such a marvelous player for us, you know, such a creative midfielder, and his loss is huge. And I believe it's also has put in more pressure upon Omid Ibrahimi. And especially now knowing that we'll discuss later about Bayer Amiri missing the next match. What do you think about Omid Ebrahimi? Do you think potentially that Kairouch has to make a decision of potentially subbing him? You know, because he's giving uh, protection, you know, to our backboard. But in this match, even that, you know, I agree with him that, you know, he wasn't in the best of quality. And now we've got China next. 
and the guys will allude to it, that very pacey side, sort of uh, such as Vietnam. But what do you think about Obida and Brahimi, and what do you think about uh, potentially uh, his performances down the road in this tournament? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree that um, he didn't have his best of games or the best of tournaments after after the World Cup. But of course, the World Cup he had Ezra Solai on his side, which you know, huge, hugely influential player. Um, he is he is reaching the latter stages of his career at the age of 31, as you said. He doesn't play in the in the most fast-paced league um, in Qatar, am I right? Yeah. Um, so. You know he's not used to this, but and, and as well, it's a long tournament where there's not that much uh, time to, to rest in between big matches. So I think he will get um, you know exposed later down the, the stages, and it is definitely down to Carlos Queiroz to decide when it's time for him to uh, to be taken out, um, and maybe that's why that's why Rosberg Cheshmi has been deployed so much just to help him out in the midfield um, defensively. You know, as a centre back by by trade, but being deployed in, in centre midfield just to help him out. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree with you guys that you know, reaching the last stage of his career, fatigue is probably hitting in. Um, definitely, he can read the game as as well as he used to. Um, no one no one questions that, but it's it's definitely the fitness at this stage of his career. Bye bye. Also, just just to um, yeah, just to. Go back to the question that was asked earlier as well in terms of whether Hussein should be dropped on. I still think Hussein and Puriliganji are our best two centre backs. I, I don't, as Bobak said as well, the replacements aren't as good as uh, these two players, and um, I, I will be very, very surprised if Hussein or Puriliganji are dropped uh, from Thursday onwards. Baba, before I also, if you could also talk about, you know, what you talked about the entire match as a whole and what positive or negative you could take out of this Oman match is that, let's talk about Ayuz Abeyron, We've all been critical of him even before the World Cup, as rightly so, because of his performance. But we must say now he's in phenomenal. And, um, you know, that penalty that he saved could have, as mentioned before, could have changed the dynamic of the game, would have been much more pressure for us. And we're not a team that when we're behind that, you know, we tend to always come back and win a match, you know, but thankfully we've always been in the lead and it's very hard for the opposition to score against us. But what do you think about that is a beta on dance, you know, performance and, you know, of what and how crucial he has been for them? Would you say he, he definitely is Asia's best goalkeeper at the moment? I would argue that he probably is. Um, he is giving confidence to the rest of the players. You feel almost an air of un, uh, let's say, on on irresistible like an irresistible force who is not going to be beaten so that penalty was another testament to his newfound stature let's say uh, where before the world cup there was a bit 50-50 whether we wanted him to start but then he's the undisputed number 1 for sure right now so he gives confidence to everyone else. You feel like even if you make a mistake, he's going to be there to stop it. So in that sense, I would say there's no question about his role going forward. Uh, you asked about the overall performance and in terms of pluses and minuses, I would say one of the main pluses is our pressing is relentless. Uh, we do it from the start till the end and especially against weaker opponents. And I would classify Oman with all due respect. In that category, like most of the opponents we've had till now, we put them under pressure when they have the ball, and more often than not, they give it away because of that. So that has been a major plus. So the fitness has been great. On the other hand, you would say that our build-up play, good in the middle ter- third, but then when we reach the final third, sometimes we try to get cute, and we, we end up being sloppy, especially when it comes to the front two or front three, with Taremi, Osmoon, and maybe Jahan Bakhsh. So that is something we definitely have to improve, and another negative is, how does the defense deal with the fact that we are taking the games to our opponents? They are far too exposed, and they're probably not used to it. I would argue that going forward, we may sit deeper much more than we have throughout the tournament, whether it's against China because of Amiri's suspension, maybe Cheshmi comes in alongside Ibrahimi, or then afterwards against the Saudis or Japan, and then you have maybe the Koreans in the final or Australia. So the games are going to get tougher, and I feel 
with everything we've seen and the second half today against Oman, we are maybe a little bit inclined towards going back to our nature. And that could be, wouldn't be the worst thing for us. And uh, hopefully we improve our finishing, uh, especially Sadar Azmoun, who's been a little bit off when it comes to finding a target. Hi, this is Kat, and you're listening to Golbezan, and I hope you continue listening to their amazing podcast. Thank you all for the support. Love you, Golbezan. Sina, what are your thoughts about Bobak? Is there anything that you would like to add? Well, I mean, I think in the second half of, of this game, we we had more chances. We had much, much better chances. And it goes back to what Bobak said in terms of uh, of the game and, and the tactics being something that has benefited us in the last few years, and that is to be able to counter. And um, I think the build-up play was, was good at times in the first half, but our best chances came in the second half when Oman needed to, to push on for a goal, committed more men forward. And I think towards the last 30, 35 minutes, they were playing with 4-4-2, which meant you know, an extra man in, in midfield for us, which then, <clears throat> on the counter, uh, we were able to create those chances. And going further, I agree with him. I think uh, we will be more of a, a counter-attacking team, just like we have seen in the... Um, in the past few years and something that is, is our biggest strength. And I think there's no one better than us in Asia when it comes to counter-attacking football. Uh, but I think the China game is important because China is literally on the verge, is somewhere on the borderline of, of, of an underdog, but they're still very dangerous. They're not as good as the Japan's and, and South Korea's and Australia's, but they're not as, let's say, with all due respect, as, as maybe weak as or toothless as Oman or, or even... Uh, Vietnam. So I think the next game is is really important for us. But I can see us going back to the uh, ways of going back to the tactics of uh, defending deep, um, not committing many men forward like we did in the first half, and and relying on counter attacks and a mistake from opponent uh, to to get the goal. Sina from Iran, if you could add also what Bob Agbozi and Sina said from what your overall thoughts on the game was, but also now we're going to the next discussion before we move on to uh, our preview of Iran versus China, is that what do you think about Saad or Ozmoun and uh, Mahdi Tarimi today, especially knowing that they weren't, you know, on the best of days for scoring, that plenty of chances to score and potentially could have won with a huge margin, and if you could uh, you know, elaborate on that for us, please. Well, I think, I think they've both had a pretty decent tournament so far. Today, they, they weren't at their best for sure. I don't think anyone would argue with me there. Osman definitely missed a lot of chances that he should have probably put away. And, you know, you could tell with the level of frustration when he was coming off as, as well as when he was on the field as well. He was angry with himself, angry at his fullbacks for not crossing in sooner. Just angry, just the whole game basically, even though we were, we were ahead. Um, you could tell he's, he's the biggest critic there. Yeah, he, he should definitely, come back stronger, but I don't think you can put all the blame on, on him. I think the crossing today wasn't as great as, as it would have been um, in, in usual games. Jalen Bash, yeah, he's come back from injury, a pretty long injury. Um, his crossing wasn't great today. He was you know, a player that's, that's known for his delivery, that's known for his um, pinpoint accuracy when it comes to passing, but he, a lot of his, he couldn't beat the first man a lot of times. Um, it's the same with the fullbacks when they came came up as well. The service wasn't great, and he was he was very frustrated. And Salah Asman was very frustrated at them for their for their level of service. As for the tactics against China, um, I definitely agree with, with Sina that um, the tactics that we see today and the tactics that we see against China will probably be very different. Um, Carlos Quiroz will treat the game probably treat China with a lot more respect, I think, than than he treated Oman, where. We will sit back and we will counterattack because that's that's where we that's where we're good in Asia, of course. Um, is our counterattack of play? Well, like uh, the next question after you, we have a specific question for in regards to Saad or Osman from Adyek Hey We appreciate you guys always sending your questions in. His question was: Was this just an off game for our strikers with respect to finishing? And is the uh, stellar performance in this tournament essential for Osman in particular to move on to a top tier club? Tough question on the second part, but overall I would think that, okay, maybe we are lucky we didn't need their goals today. Uh, Tarimi especially, I thought he had one or two good opportunities, and he had a good shot which the goalkeeper saved in the second half. It was a very, he, he hit it very well, but the keeper made a fantastic save. 
Osmond, on the other hand, you feel he's taking one extra touch. Maybe it's a little bit of a lack of confidence or he's trying to get into an ideal uh, scoring position. But if he were to take some shots a little bit earlier, there was a couple of times in the second half again, then I, I would think that maybe with his good accuracy, we could have seen another goal or two. So... I'm not so worried today, and I think with more space to get in behind against the likes of China or if we do advance in the next rounds, I'm relatively confident that both Osmoon and uh, Taremi will be able to um, get on the score sheet again. In terms of Osmoon playing better, I think he's had an overall decent tournament, uh, Today probably being one of his weaker uh, performances, but overall his link-up play, especially with Taremi, is very dangerous. They have a good chemistry, you can see that. That's why I think Taremi is undroppable from my perspective, unlike what you said at the beginning, Pasha. I think the play will be for the other wing, where Jahambach may be prone to be dropped um, with Osmond scoring more will give him a chance to move to another club. I'm not sure he wants to. I think uh, he's at the age of, what, 24 now, and he's probably two years too late in terms of moving in the ideal uh, scenario, and I'm not confident that he has the ambitions or the, let's say, the mental mentality to want to go to one of Europe's top leagues and right now, to be fair, over the last 18 months or so, would any of the big sides and those leagues that he was linked to earlier actually want to take a gamble on him? I'm not so sure. If you could just also elaborate on what Bob said in terms of uh, Saad or Ozun, and if there's anything you would like to add, if he potentially could move to a top tier coaster, so he was linked to Tractor Saad just recently. Yeah, I mean, Ozun is, is a little of a, a weird <laughs> player. I mean, on, on his day, he is... Uh, possibly the best striker in Asia but then he has days like today where um, he lacks composure he I think at times he doesn't have a clear sense of what's what's going on around him and whether he has time to take a touch or he needs to finish first time which I think lets him down but in terms of his work rate and and, um, and, and what he gives to the team I don't think there's any question of, of how useful he can be um, but again I think Further in the competition, when we go up, and if we do go up against the big boys, uh, he would not get as many chances as he did today, and he needs to be more prolific. Um, but again, I think I think that he he had a a good performance altogether. Um, he he was running his socks off throughout the game. He had a real hunger uh, to press the defenders and, and and win the ball back. And there were at times where any any other play, you would think, why you know. Those plays would not necessarily chase down those balls in the channels, but he was he was doing that the entire game, and I think his fitness has improved as well. This is a a player who uh, we've we've said many times that uh, he he can't finish ninety minutes, he can't last the entire game, but he has done in this tournament, and I think that's credit to him. But again, I think him and Ptolemy they need to be uh, they need to be better at finishing. And in in your answer to um, whether he can go to the top leagues, top leagues require consistency. And he, and he needs to be mm-hmm. more consistent. Thank you, Sina, for your thoughts. Let's move on, guys, to talk about our preview of uh, Iran versus China. Definitely um, it's fantastic to see that Carlos Kerish will be going out against Marcel Lippi. As we all know, a world-class manager that led Italy to win the 2006 FIFA World Cup. Sina from Iran Futi, my first question to you is, um, you know, obviously we played against this side, you know, in the qualifications leading up to what was called 2018. I believe the first match was against China that we played in China it was zero zero draw, very cagey match. I'm telling you, it was one of our, I remember it was one of our worst days, not a great performance. And then in Tehran, I believe Obama was saying, correct me guys, I believe we won two nil. And, um, what are you expecting from this match, especially knowing that China has been such a better side since that moment in time until now? And, um, if you just give us your thoughts on that. Just looking back at the tournament as a whole, um, throughout the group stages and throughout the, the previous game against Oman, is that we do have a tendency of taking an extra touch in, in midfield and in the attack, as, as we've seen. And, you know, it's, it's fine to do that against, against, with respect, teams like Oman and teams like Yemen. But we do get, we, I think we would get found out against a quicker side like China, where they do focus more on closing down um, 
early on in the game, and that's that's definitely where I think is our most vulnerable is early on in the game. Um, we tend to when we score, we gain confidence, and you know we play like the traditional Iranian side that we're all used to seeing. So I think definitely we need to keep calm within the first 20 minutes or so, not give away anything stupid like we did today. Um, release the ball early, take one, two touches in midfield. Don't let the Chinese players, you know, come up behind us. Be very well organised. Um, basically, just don't give away anything stupid within the first 20 minutes. And I think, you know, um, we could definitely take out a result from, from China. Bob, you could also add on what do you think about our performance that, you know, the tactic was switched that caused Kiris Budu. But I have a specific question for you that it's from our Twitter uh, friend at MMS underscore London. We appreciate you sending your question in. He asked, with Amiri suspended, how do you think Kiris will try to solve this issue? Will it simply be a case of selecting a life-for-life replacement? Or do you think he will make other tactical tweaks, especially as team managed performance against Oman was so disjointed. Also, I would also like to add to that, Bob, because also you got to keep in mind that we all would agree that Esan Haitsefi uh, will bring a much more balance coming to the midfield, but also keep in the fact that he could potentially get another yellow card, which he'll potentially miss the, you know, the semis if we do advance. Um, and what do you think? Do you think maybe we'll see Nuru Lahi, Master Chojay coming to the sign, which I don't think that Sami is going to say something about that, but um, I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts about this. That's a very, very long question, Pasha. I'll start with the last part where you said Haisafi getting a yellow card. No one cares. Right now, we can't think that mm-hmm. far ahead, imagining that Haisafi might get suspended. If he gets suspended, but we go through, so be it. So I wouldn't think that will be a factor whatsoever. It may have been a small factor today because you don't lose too much if you play Milad Mohammadi. Uh, in terms of like for like, if I was a betting man and I wouldn't bet, uh, bet against Carlos Kiros because it's very rare that we've read his mind over the last seven, eight years. But at this moment, I have a feeling we may see Cheshmi and Ebrahimi play in midfield. So Cheshmi coming on for Amiri to give us a little bit more of a solid, uh, let's say protection or cover for the defense, especially considering, like Iran Futi said, China is much pacier. We'll probably respect them a little bit more in that sense and maybe go back into our more natural uh, tendency of being a little bit more of a counter-attacking side. In terms of tactics, again, I think that's like what I just said. We would be a little bit more conservative, maybe, that will play in the hands of, Players like Osmoon and Taremi who would have a little bit more space to go through uh, when it comes to the Chinese players. I, I would be worried a little bit because they've got a lot of pace. And I think in the second half against Vietnam, they were really, really, really good uh, against Thailand. Sorry, they were really good. And OK, the Thailand side is not the strongest side in the tournament and probably not the biggest side in the tournament. But. The way the Chinese dug in to come back from a goal down when it looked like that the Thais may just just about pip them to that uh, quarterfinal spot was impressive. I think you can't write off players uh, like uh, Lei Wu, Wu Lei, and uh, Yu Dabao, Ling Gao, all of them up front. They are quite a threat. So it will be interesting and... I worry um, about tight games that go into extra time. And even against Oman, there was a... There was a brief moment in the first half where I felt that this game has extra time and maybe penalties written all over it. Tina, if you could add on to what uh, Bob Back said, and how do you think that we'll, you know, counter with uh, China? Do you think we'll be playing more up front, or do you think we're going to be more on the defensive side? I think that um, Bobak is absolutely right in terms of the pace and the danger that China posed in the final third, but you also got to remember that in the second half they were desperate because they were 1-0 down and they were playing against Thailand, which I don't think they will play in the same manner they did in this in that game. They wouldn't play in the same way that they would against Iran. I think they'll be a lot more defensive. Um, they'll be a lot more uh, cautioned in, in the way they, they approach the game. And uh, I think it'll be a really cagey game uh, for both teams. Iran, again, in the, it's in the quarterfinals. You also got to remember that tight margins... Um, or at this stage, and, and, and anyone making a mistake could be costly. So, and considering the two managers, of course, we know Carlos Queiroz, also Marcello Lippi on the other side, one of the greatest Italian managers of all time. 
uh, I'm not sure they'll be too keen to be the ones who make the mistakes. So I, I expect both teams to be uh, on the defensive side. Again, um, going back to the games we played against China in the World Cup qualifiers and against some of the other teams who play in a similar way with a back three, uh, I, I've seen us struggle against that formation, uh, mostly because we are outnumbered in the final third and we struggle to create chances. Um, so I wonder whether that will be another something else to, to worry about um, in this game. I, I, I have a feeling it will go to extra time. Uh, there might be uh, one goal in it. Um, would you consider, Sina, when you say three against three, would you consider having a proper number 10, maybe Saman Godus coming on instead of uh, Amiri? Possibly, but then you also, uh, you've also got to think about a couple of other things because then, for example, as we said, and uh, I don't know if you guys agree, but again, with Kairos, it's a defensive side that matters. So he will still want his central midfield to be tight, uh, to be uh, disciplined and make sure that they don't make any mistakes. Also, when we, uh, when we consider the, the role that Amiri has had, especially in the group stages and in the first half of this game as well, when uh, Mentoremi goes in to play alongside uh, Osmond when we have the ball, so we play with two strikers. Amiri tends to be the guy who pushes out wide and acts as a left midfielder, which then if you consider that, then Hodgsafi will be a much, much better option in that role. I'm not saying that's the kind of, uh, that's, that's the way he will play in that game, but I still think Hoj Safi will be the better option, um, uh, for the Amiri role. Odus, again, I mean, we've discussed this, um, prior to the World Cup as well, Bobak, if you remember. Does he trust Odus with the defensive, um, uh, instructions that Kerush gives to his central midfielders? I'm not, I'm not too sure. I think he might be something that he considers later in the game, but uh, for me, there's no question he will approach it to uh, to make sure they keep a clean sheet uh, first and foremost before being able to to score a goal. See, not from Iran, but if you could add on what the guy said, and also Keaton also would like to you know talk to you about what do you think the pairing of center and back is going to be? Do you think that you know Carlos is still going to go with Magic and Morsi, or do you think Kanani or potentially even maybe Cheshmi will become our center back for that game? Just to just to add on on Sina's point, Sina, sorry, what did you what did you say? The last bit you just said. It was about Hodgsafi pulling out wide, and sorry, Amiri pulling out wide in these few games, and Tottenham being like a second striker, and Hodgsafi being more comfortable for that role. Yeah. And also the fact that it'll be a cagey game. I was going to talk about uh, the Bordeaux, the defensive sides because Amiri was obviously going to miss the game. I don't think Carlos yes. trusts him defensively at all because. Um, from what I've seen and what we've all seen is that I think Bodus does get a bit overexcited sometimes, especially defensively. He does have a bit of a temper, as we see when, when he when he went in for that. It should have been a red card when he stamped on the player's leg. I think he does have a bit of a anger um, aggression issue, and for a defensive player, you do need to be very disciplined in the midfield, and, and you can't give away stuff like that. Um, otherwise, you know, you'll be treading on eggshells from very early on in the game. As for the centre-back partnership, um, as we've talked about before, I don't really think there's another alternative as to what we've got. Um, poor Ali Ganji is, pro- is our best centre-back that we have, um, for sure, so that he's definitely st- sticking around. Hasn't played at his best, but definitely going to stick around. Um as with Hosseini, yeah, he's been a bit of a liability. We, we can all say that, but I really don't see him switching out any other player in for Hosseini. So I guess either put another man in midfield to, to cover him or just, you know, I guess just pray because I don't, I don't see any other alternative for, for Hosseini in, in the, in the defence. Mm-hmm. Right, also, I have another you. question. Sorry, Posh. Uh, in the China game, we I think we all expressed about surprise to see Jahanbach start, but I thought he had a he had one of his better games for Iran today, and of course he got the important first goal too. What do we think about his role in the coming game? Will he be a starter, or will we will we see Torabi or even Odu starting on the right? After a game like that, when he it was one of his better games, like Sina said, and he's got a couple of 
let's say 60, 70 odd minute uh, games under his belt, it's difficult to see him being dropped. Uh, he's a Carlos Queiroz favorite, uh, generally speaking. So whilst I think Samangodus has had a good tournament already, um, he's been calm on the ball. He's been uh, quite creative as well. And when he came on today, he linked well with Reza Yan, uh, working the overlap a couple of times. But uh, Tough to see Jahan Bash being dropped uh, for this game. So I would think that he starts, um, and then we'd see Qudus coming on probably. That's that's what I would think. See, now something else, would you like to add anything? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that's, that's what will happen. Um, I wouldn't say Jahan Bash is still at his best. I think there's still a bit to go. Um, his crossing wasn't great, as I said before. He did hit the first man a lot of the time, but... Um, you can tell he's definitely hungry for to, to create for his team. He, he, you know, he's he's got the strength. He wants to close down players. Uh, his work ethic is as brilliant as always, and that goal will do nothing but give him as much confidence going into the next game. I, I think that one of the big differences from Jahanbash on this tournament, even against Iraq, where I watched a bit of the highlights, was that he's finding himself far more centrally as opposed to being so constrained to the byline when we played in the World Cup or in a lot of games during the preparations. I find him cutting in pretty well. This could be because uh, Osmond is vacating that space as he goes into the channel maybe. But uh, even the goal, he cut into the center of the field. Sometimes uh, we haven't seen too much of this in the past. So if he keeps on doing that and he becomes a goal threat, even if he's not creating as much as he could, that would add a lot of to our attack. And he's he's proven that with AZ Alkmaar in the past, but he's never had that for us. So uh, I would watch this, let's say, not role switch, but this, uh, let's say, uh, addition to his game when it comes to Team Medley going forward. Guys, few last uh, questions before you know we wrap this episode up. And um, I'm going to give you guys my lineup, which we always, you know, we know uh, we can't predict Carlos Gators. Uh, it's literally impossible. But I have obviously in gold, Adi's Obeyed on Van, right back at Ramin Rezaian. I picked Mortezo Prada, Ganji, and Kanani. And um, I just feel that Majid Hosseini is going to be dropped for the next match. Uh, left back, Milad Mohamedi. In the midfield, I've selected Omid Ibrahimi, Ersan Haisazi, and Ashkan Dejaga. And at, for up top, Ariza Jahanbash, Tarani, and Osmond. I mean, I think we would pretty much all agree when it, but besides the can anything, but Sina, um, what do you think about the, you know, preferred lineup? And do you potentially see that maybe we'll see Jahanbash starting off the bench and him, uh, putting Torabi there due to, I believe he has a much of a, you know, higher work rate than Jahanbash in terms of defenses do? Um, I think that is, that is a possibility. Um, but I, I agree with both of the guys and, and what they said earlier on in terms of Jahanbach starting. I think you would rather have Torabi off the bench with his pace and, and how direct he is rather than him starting. And uh, I was I would say slightly surprised when I saw Otus coming on the right. I thought he might come on for for um, for Torabi and Torabi would come on for Jahanbach. But nonetheless, I think he has plenty of options on the right. Um, and also, uh, one of the things that's, again, I mean, in this game, I, I had a feeling Rezoyan might not start because Gafuri started the last two games. And uh, the fact that they've started as many games as each other might, uh, might show that um, he thinks they are at the same level currently. Because Gafuri started, you would say, the two difficult games in the, in the group stage against Vietnam and, and Iraq. So I wonder if, if he might rotate the right back and uh, and play Rafuri mm-hmm. in the next game against China, but, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. See now from Iran Futi with the lineup that I've selected and you know with the form that China is in right now, considering Wu Li, you know, if, you know, we've been following Asian football. I mean, he's one of the best players right now in the Chinese league and plays for Shanghai SIPG, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he's their all-time goal scorer. And with the you know lineup I've selected defensively, do you see any flaws with you know this team going against China? The only thing I, the only thing I would say is this sense of our partnership. Um, I think everywhere else, as long as we're organised, as Carlos Queiroz normally does, um, drilling organisation into the team, I think we'd be we'd be fine. You know, we've kept clean sheets all tournament. I know today we got maybe a little bit lucky to get it, to come away with a clean sheet, but 
it's just the sense about par- partnership where I think our weakness lies. Everywhere else in the team, in the midfield, I think we're very organised, especially when big shout out to Ashkan uh, Desargar coming into the team after, you know, his, his knee surgery. I thought after the World Cup, I thought that was his career finish, but he's come back and he's proven that he's still a, a big player for, for Team Melly. So um, I think, yeah, we need to be more creative up top. Asmon definitely needs to um, bring his shooting boost next next time because we are creating chances in the final third. There's no question about that. We just we just need to be more prolific because today we won because there was a penalty that shouldn't be given. It wasn't a penalty and a mistake from their back four. There was nothing clear cut about that. We need to put our chances away. Well, right, thinking about the lineup that I've selected and obviously with the depth that we have, which is something we haven't seen, you know, in the throughout the years of Team Mendy, a fantastic depth that we have in, you know, in key departments right now, not so much in midfield, is that if let's say hypothetically we were uh, to go down 1-0 in these early stages, um, where do you see, you know, potentially carriers could be changing the team and whatnot. And would you still keep this lineup? I would say that first of all about the lineup, I think Esan starts, but I think he'll start at left back personally. I think, like I said earlier, I feel Cheshmi Ebrahimi might be more of the starting position uh, with Ashkan. It's a good point from Iran Futi. Ashkan was again very good, very solid, high quality on the ball. I think. Uh, the only player that's on his level or maybe better is Samon Godus when it comes to the uh, real uh, quality and technique. Uh, but Ashkan's proving a lot of people, even like myself, wrong uh, when it comes to playing in central midfield. It's a deeper role with more defensive responsibility and he's been relatively good. Uh, yes, granted, he hasn't maybe played against top, top-class opposition, but we have to watch that going forward. In terms of the centre-back partnership, I feel just about Majid Hosseini may keep his spot. It, it would be a big call to drop him, but Carlos has made these calls before. And Pasha, you asked about... Uh, could, you, could you repeat your question? If we were to go down 1-0 in the early stages... Yeah. Right. Um. Do you potentially still think that if this like Odu's coming in, or do you think that he's already going to start? You know, from off the bat, uh, going to this game. I think uh, I difficult, but if I was to guess right now, I would say he starts on the bench. But if we do go back behind, which is something we have not seen too often in the last what four years, maybe at least. Um, tough to see how we react to it. But on the plus side, we have strong bench, so you would probably even not be able to bring on all the players who you would think could have an impact. So you have Torabi, who would give you a direct direct threat down the wings. You have Samangodos, who gives you a goal threat, creativity, flair, um, and then you have Karim Ansarifad, who could give you maybe goal threat as well, if he plays up front with Saman, uh, with uh, Sardar and Torimi. So that's just just off the bat. That's three players right there, and then of course you have Masoud Jai and uh, other players as well. So I think in terms of personnel, we have enough players to add to our team to make an impact. But uh, how we deal with it mentally, and are we able to bring break teams down once they sit and create deep blocks? That's something I have. Yet to be convinced when it comes to Team Melli. Uh, we haven't seen too much of it. And like Iran Futi said, our goals today were off mistakes or uh, maybe uh, dubious decisions. Sina, if there's anything you would like to add to Bobak's comments. And we have a question from Twitter. Uh, thank you. From at Ashkan, P-I-K-A-P-P. And his question was just like, where do you see the strengths and weaknesses of the Chinese side is that could be a favor to us? I think that, um, I mean, to be completely honest with you, I, I'm not as knowledgeable about China. Um, but again, I think, it's, as I said earlier, as well, one of the things that worries me is is the fact that we we tend to struggle against teams that play with three at the back. And I think that's something that can potentially be, a, be an issue for us. And again, you know, this tournament, one of the good things about it, one of the most attractive things about it is, is the amount of big-name managers that have been... Uh, uh, I've been on the show, and again um, on Thursday we'll see Lippi. Uh, I think I think he is the most expensive uh, manager um, uh, on the continent right now, taking on Kerush, and I think that's an interesting battle. 
I'm not expecting them, as I said, to be overly attacking. But as um, Bobak said on the counter, they do have attacking, uh, pacey attacking players who who could who could uh, put us in a lot of um, a lot of trouble. And when we talk about today, and yes, we you know look we, at the end of the game, we won the game, and that's all that that, that matters. We've gone into the next round, um, first win as you said earlier on um, in a knockout tournament since 2004 and that famous 4-3 win against South Korea. But of course, we have ambitions to, to win the tournament. And I think if we are to make the same defensive mistakes that we made today, uh, even though we kept a clean sheet, but if we make the same mistakes again, it could be costly for us against against China with the players, uh, with the with the strikers that they have. So we need to be careful on that front. Um, but again, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But I'm not expecting anything other than a a cagey match and, and maybe with one goal, uh, you know, one of the teams score a goal and win it. Seeing that from your office, is there anything you would like to add? I actually think um, it won't be a 1-0. I think because China's only kept one clean sheet all tournament and that was against uh, the Philippines. I think they are, they, are, they are a team where we can't break them down and create chances as we, as we did today. So if we're as well organised as we usually are, not as we were today, then I think we could... Um, you know, go two or three up quite reasonably comfortably if, if we pay our best. Hey, this is Arash Markazi from ESPN, and you're listening to Golbezan, your one-stop shop for all your Iranian soccer news. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap this episode up, but if there's anything you guys would like to add, but my last question is, what do you think Bobak is going to be your prediction? Tough. Uh, I am a bit nervous. Uh, I feel it's going to be tight. But I'm going to go, hopefully, with a 2-1 win for us. Oh, wow, okay. More than one goal. <laughs> See that? Um, I'm going to stick to what I've been saying <laughs> for the whole episode, and I'll, I'll go for a 1-0 <laughs> win to Iran and a Mehdi Tarimi goal to redeem himself from all the chances he missed today. And also, I think we uh, we forgot to give a special mention as well. Um, Master Shujai made his uh, his debut in this game. Oh yeah, um, right. which means now Kerush has played all of his outfield players, which again shows the level of rotation. But it's good to see him on the pitch. I think he was pointed out that he's been in every single pre-match press conference with Kerush, which again shows how important he is to the team as a, as a leader. And it was good to good to see him get a, a few minutes on the pitch. Hopefully, is it the second or the third of February the final? Hopefully, he'll be the one lifting the trophy for us. See you from your own footy. Yeah, definitely. Masoud Shojai, really nice to see him play play minutes um, today. You can tell he's a very big presence in the dressing room, motivating all the players. But as for the score prediction, I'm going to say 2-0 Iran. Perfect. Guys, thank you guys so much for um, your thoughts and everything. Absolute pleasure. And for the listeners, um, one of our members of our team, Tejman Pars, will be headed to the UAE soon. And his Twitter handle is at IranskFootball. So if, if anybody wants to meet up with him, he'd be more than happy to meet up. And so he's a fun guy to hang out with. But guys, thank you guys so much. And hopefully this won't be Carlos Kersh's last game at the helm of Team Medi and what a journey it has been with him being uh, our manager. But thank you guys so much. Thank you, Pasha. Thank you, Pasha. It was good to have you back as well. Thanks for having me. It's been a very enjoyable debut on Gold Bazan.